You're looking a little pathetic there, Mom. As her daughter, Lizzie, entered the kitchen, the words startled Meg from her reverie. Leaning on both elbows at the kitchen's butcher block island, she'd been staring unseeing at the large tray of untouched cookies before her. She reached up to remove the tall witch's hat she'd been wearing for the past two hours and set it down beside the tray. They're such cute cookies, aren't they? Meg asked her daughter in a wistful voice. Not one trick-or-treater this year. I can't believe it. Lizzie, her laptop computer tucked under one arm, paused to stare at her mother's handiwork. Dude, how long did it take you to make all these? They're insane. Don't call me dude, Meg responded automatically. I thought it would be fun to try something different. It wasn't a big deal. She had no intention of confessing to her 15-year-old how long the process had taken. After finally locating the correct chocolate cookies, the ones with the hollow centers, she had used icing to glue chocolate kisses, points up, into the middles. Then she'd painstakingly drawn hat bands and bows with a tiny tube of red icing. The result was rows and rows of miniature witch hats. Adorable. They would end up being tossed into the bottomless pits that were the stomachs of her 13-year-old son, Will, and his friends. Honestly, why do you bother? Lizzie's muffled voice came from inside their walk-in pantry. Meg knew her daughter was grabbing her favorite evening snack, two Pop-Tarts that she would eat right out of the foil package. No one cares. It's stupid. Meg quietly sighed. Maybe it was stupid to hang the tissue ghosts from the trees in their front yard, to carve the jack-o'-lantern that was the centerpiece of the arrangement on the front steps, with hay, gourds, stuffed scarecrow, and all. Okay, so Lizzie and Will were too old for the giant figures of witches and goblins that she'd taped on the windows. Lizzie was at some in-between stage, too cool to trick-or-treat, but probably looking forward to next year when some of the kids would have driver's licenses. Meg anticipated there would be parties at different houses, no doubt with alcohol involved. She wasn't looking forward to that phase. Will had also declined going from house to house this year, preferring to goof around with his buddies on someone's driveway basketball court. But she'd thought Sam, her nine-year-old, might still have gotten a kick out of her decorations, Wrong. He never appeared to notice them, and he'd barely made it through a half hour of ringing doorbells before declaring he'd had enough of this holiday. What on earth had happened to Halloween being so much crazy fun, the way it was when she was a child? Didn't kids know how to enjoy a holiday anymore? Besides, she was cutting back on the fuss. In the past, she would have spent hours baking cookies for trick-or-treaters. This year, she had simply combined pre-made ingredients. Lizzie, armed with her snack, left the room as the jarring noise of the garage door opening announced that Meg's husband was home. She watched James enter and set down his briefcase in the mudroom before coming toward her. He looked exhausted, 
As the top in-house legal counsel to a large software corporation, he more than earned his salary. Somehow, he managed to withstand endless pressure, maintain constant accessibility, and coolly handle one crisis after another. And those were only a few of his job requirements, it seemed to her. Pulling off his suit jacket, he gave Meg a perfunctory kiss on the cheek. Happy Halloween, Meg said brightly. Mmm. His attention was already on the day's mail, which he retrieved from its customary spot on one of the counters. He was frowning as he flipped through the envelopes. Something wrong? Too many bills, Meg. He sounded angry. Too many bills. It's got to stop. She didn't reply. In eighteen years of marriage, James had rarely complained about their bills. Sure, he wasn't thrilled with paying private school tuition for three children. But it was something he and Meg both wanted to do. Beyond that, it was understood between them and even among their friends that his wife was the saver and he was the spender. Meg had always understood that things were important to her husband. It was he who purchased the designer suits, their fancy watches, her expensive jewelry. It was he who booked the first-class vacations. He was the one, in fact, who chose this enormous house. Even with three children, Meg had no idea why they needed 5,000 square feet in one of the most expensive sections of Charlotte. It was clear that growing up with very little had left a psychological scar on James, that he tried to cover up with material trappings. She didn't like it, but she understood. That was what he needed to feel comfortable. He didn't brag or rub his success in anyone's face. Still, it was as if he had to have more of everything just to feel he was level with everyone else. Recently, though, he seemed to have undergone a change in thinking. He had started complaining regularly about everything she and the children spent.